Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The following reflects neither the policies nor the thoughts of iHeartMedia or its employees. But we think it's probably a good idea to listen to it anyway. Money Sense is a presentation of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. As managing partners of Kirsten Wealth Management Group, your hosts, Dennis Kirsten, Brad Kirsten, and Kevin Kirsten, are professional financial advisors with LPL Financial with over 75 years of combined experience. They can be reached in their Perrysburg offices at 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com. Also, visit their website at kirstenwealth.com. Opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Money Sense. You're listening to the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group, Kevin Kirsten and Brad Kirsten. Happy to be with you this morning on this wild ride that the markets and the economy can continue to give us. It's amazing still, Brad, to think to me that the all-time high on the S&P 500 was February 19th. Yeah, so five and, weeks ago. And here we sit. Uh, we have already had a 20% rally in that time. We've already had a 36% sell-off in that time. And it makes me think back, Brad, to one of my old most favorite movies, uh, 80s? Is it 70s? It might even be 1970s. I'm not even. Be. I'm not even sure when it came out. But it, it reminds me of this. So if you don't know what that is, that's Steve Martin from The Jerk. And it's so apropos because in these days, we'll come in and things will be way down. And then something happens and it's way up. And then something happens at the end of the day and it's, it's we're having record days. Well, and the then first the day when the Dow dropped 3,000 points, Brad, yeah, that seemed like eight days. Yeah. Then the second day, the Dow was only up 100 and that just seemed like a day. It's it's all the the reason that I'm listen if you can't almost angry about it is the whole thing. Well, what is, makes me mad is is that people will make the biggest mistake of their life. Yeah. in this environment by it, selling based on information that hasn't come true and will never come true. These the bed shortage and listening to the health experts modeling that that has every if and might. 
in every sentence yeah. because they don't know, and none of it's coming true. And the reason we sold off 38% was because of modeling that even at the time wasn't proving to be true. So why this one? You know, why Why not? You know, it was supposed to be a bad flu epidemic. Why don't we shut down the economy for that? You know, it, you could— the, the, I saw I saw an article that uh, was going around from August of 19, Brad, talking about how it was going to be a record flu year, and the estimates were that more than 50,000 uh, uh, would die from the flu this year, yeah. and that, that was—we're not—I mean, we're at 1,400 here. I mean, yeah. on the coronavirus. So flu might be bad, but nobody's talking about nobody's it. Nobody's talking about it. I, I, the, the the statement that gets made as if it is, it, oh, of course this has to be true, that it, that is nails on the chalkboard for me, is we must listen to the health experts on when to open the economy. We've never done that before. We didn't elect the health experts. They can have some input, but let's let the health experts talk about the health things, not about opening the economy. I there are countries that, that never close their economy, and they're all doing fine. Japan and South Korea in particular. Yes. Japan is fine. A- and the whole thing, and I want to talk about this throughout the show, about whenever we have anything like this happen, to think the government has to do the intervention in order to fix the problem is to me the, the – the, the, Well, we're the, giving up our freedom. We're yes. giving up our freedoms that, that – that, you know, and, and we're saying, please help me, government. Yeah. And I, I am very leery about – the, the government overreach here. You don't need – the government doesn't need to tell companies or individuals after a scare like this to social distance. It was going to happen anyway. You don't need to have Mike Pence tell you how to wash your hands on live TV. Yeah. Okay? We don't need any of this. It would have already happened. It's just like the financial crisis. Okay? They were already not going to make bad loans. We didn't need to set rules for it. Well, banks, for their own survival, would have – would have made sure that they had systems in place to make sure that bad loans didn't happen. Well, even if you go back to the financial crisis of 2008, Brad, the the cure to the problem is the fact that banks don't want to make those loans because it almost bankrupted right, them. Right. So the reason they're not doing it is not not for any other reasons than they made a mistake yeah. and they don't want to make those loans anymore, but not because the government told them not to make those loans anymore. Oh, just anymore. watch. There'll be rules for hotels on on new regulations on how to clean. You don't think they were going to do that anyway? Nobody wants an outbreak in their hotel or nobody will come. So it was already going to happen. But here come the new rules and all this stuff. The, the free markets will fix it. Businesses that are in business to make a profit will make sure that they don't have an outbreak on their cruise ship or hotel or airline. Well, the other thing I don't understand, Brad, in terms of how vast the United States of America is, our landmass is bigger than all of Europe. Okay? And yet you would never think it would be logical for – as far south as Greece, to have to put the same measures in place as Finland mm-hmm. and Sweden do. I mean, you could do that even with individual states here. Well, that's are, my point. That's uh, my point. Why Why on earth would we expect New York City to have the same rules as Idaho when right. it comes to social distancing? Uh, why would Cleveland have the same rules as Otsego? Yeah. You know, why would New York City have the same rules as upstate New York – where you you probably could have somebody that doesn't see anybody for days. Right. Right. It it, it, it it's all so they're talking about And also about, the number of imported cases when you're when you're looking at many of these sanctuary cities yep. and all these imported cases from around the world and the cities that don't have as much of that import 
aren't seeing as many cases. That'll be the next outcry. They just started talking about it last night, Thursday night, uh, about taking individual counties and segmenting even within the counties ones that still need to do not just social distancing but stay-at-home orders and letting everyone else open businesses back up. There's going to be an outcry for, oh, you're attacking sanctuary cities because you're saying they have to stay closed. Well, if if the reason that they have problems is because of all of these things, then that's just so be it. But if you're a rural community that doesn't have a lot of immigration coming in or people who are visiting from other areas, I, I'm pretty sure that areas that don't have tourists coming in don't have as big a problem. And so they should be able to have already stayed open. There's no reason to close down whole states. And, and I don't really want to get into the modeling because they're using modeling. I mean, by the way, and we'll, we'll see in a sec. We'll see in a couple of weeks. We're going to hear a lot more about yeah. this modeling. The Imperial, who- the Imperial College model that said that was the one that said 50 million in California were going to get it. That was the one that said 70 percent of the German population, 70 percent of the UK population was going to get it. That person who created that model has already completely backed off and said he made major errors but, but okay this is the modeling that mike dewine is using in ohio this is the modeling that they're using all over thing and listen they're going to get to the end they say well we better safe than safe than sorry there was a study done after the great depression brad that stated for every 10 percent rise in unemployment every 10 percent rise in unemployment two hundred thousand people would die okay now, oh, that's outrageous. Well, is it any more outrageous than the modeling they're using for coronavirus? It's a model. But here's the thing. Okay, our country is too big and too diverse to say that you can do A, B, and C, which is shut down the economy, and you won't affect D, E, and F. Yeah. Okay? Well, how would 200,000 people die? Uh, anxiety, depression, suicide, suicide heart disease, high blood pressure, alcoholism, uh, opioid abuse, here's- all these things. And, and here's the thing. That's 200,000 for every 10% rise in unemployment. We've had 1,400 deaths in all of the United States. Okay, and I want to get to the market in a minute. But uh, one person I really like on Twitter is uh, Charlie Bellello, and uh, uh, he's, a, he's a stats guy, just a numbers guy. I like all the guys who don't go in on Twitter and get into, well, this is what I think, or this is what you think. Yeah. Ryan this D- might happen. Ryan Dietrich from LPL does the same thing. He just puts Stats. out the stat, yeah. and then you determine what you want. So he's talking about the fact that the shutdown and talking about you know saving lives and whether or not this is a prudent decision, we'll never know because you can't prove the counterfactual after the fact. That's my whole problem right. with, with Ohio saying we were going to have 100,000 cases, and we only had 10. We saved 90,000. Says you. Yeah, okay. So – and Charlie goes on to say in this article he wrote, we're talking about people predicting it's the modern day plague, killing 30 to 60 percent of the population. Yeah. If that was happening, which it's not, we would all concede and say maybe you should shut the economy down. But the plague, it is not. So far, 24,000 people have died in the world. OK, 1400 in the U.S. These numbers will continue to grow. OK, they will. Somebody said to Trump, how many deaths are you OK with? None. Eight thousand people die per day in the United States under normal conditions. Yeah. So sh- should he stop all those too? Yeah, and, and and that should have been the the follow up. And he just said none, but he should have said, "I'm also not going to shut down air travel and and car travel, and I'm not going to stop people from. I'm not going to make it illegal to smoke." And they say you can't put a value on a human life. Every one of us puts a value on our lives every day for everything we do. Okay. 
When's the last time you walked to the grocery store? You don't walk to the grocery store because you have determined that the monetary value of getting in your car and the efficiency is worth the risk. We all put price and risk into context every day of our lives. That's a small example of something you do every single day in your life, okay? Nobody's walking to the grocery store, right. okay? That's absurd, but yet people are putting a monetary value on their life by doing it. And this whole shutdown thing is so, so ridiculous because – are you either going to go all in or not? Now we're picking winners and losers. Mm-hmm. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. We're, we're picking Costco over the local restaurant. Yeah. We're saying Kroger is a better company than Panera Bread. Right. Okay. So you somehow. You go inside and sit down in a restaurant, but it's okay to be in a Costco with a thousand people. And somehow I can't. I can get coronavirus in Panera Bread, but I can't get coronavirus in Kroger. Yeah. I'm so confused. Yeah. Okay. These. These. Arbitrary sets of rules. But anyway, context is so important here because we start putting death tally numbers in the upper right-hand corner of the TV, and that's what happens, okay? The numbers will continue to grow in the coming weeks, could lead to panic and hysteria. First of all, there are 7.7 billion people in the world. 150,000 people die every day in the world, okay? Context. In the in Last year, in the United States of America, 650,000 people died of heart disease, 600,000 died of cancer, 170,000 died of accidents, unintentional injuries, okay? Go down the list. Suicides, 47,000 a year, a year, okay? So when you look at these, you have to put it in context. In 2009, 2010, the swine flu epidemic, 275,000 people in the United States had to go to the hospital. 12,000 people died. We're at 1,400 today. Mm-hmm. No one remembers the swine flu. No. and we okay. did Because we didn't shut down the economy. 364,000, and the range is 364 to 575, died in the world. Okay? There was 1,000 deaths a day for one full year from H1N1 swine flu 10 years ago. 1,000 a day for a year. Yeah. And, we, and, and guess what? Infectious disease doctors would have loved to shut the economy down and say everyone stay at home for a year, but we didn't. So to say today that we have to listen to the health experts about keeping everybody at home is ludicrous. It has never been done before, and that's why I think it is at some point we have to stop with this and say we're not going to listen to the health experts anymore because they want the number to be zero, and it will never be zero. Will never so they will never give you the all clear. There is no way to eliminate all risk of death in the world without dire consequences to many other things. Okay, You can't do A without affecting B, C, and D. And the problem is many of these modelers, which have already been proven to be wrong, and of course now they're like, well, we'll just adjust the model. Well, you were wrong to begin with. No, no, no. Here's the problem with that. No one is listening to you. When they're already full in on the model, so they don't want to go back on it. It's like the food pyramid, okay? Everybody grew up looking at the food pyramid, and this is what we're supposed to do, and you can't go back on it, okay? You can't say a low-fat diet is good because everybody's already doing a low-fat diet. When you go to say a high-fat diet is good, no one's paying attention. 
Well, what I think is, and, and this ties back to the market, Brad, on the modeling, okay? Everyone always gets to adjust their model. And this, this applies to investing in, in the market too, okay? So the modeler comes out and says a bajillion people are going to die, okay? And then they say, oh, that's not happening, so I can adjust my model. Well, you were wrong before. So if you were wrong two weeks ago, why should I listen to you now on your adjustment? It's just like the stock person who's out there saying, I think this market's going to go lower. Well, let's look about what you said two weeks ago before the market went down. Did you say that? Oh, no, you didn't. So let me get this straight. Two weeks ago, before the market dropped 25%, you weren't saying anything. Now that it does drop 25%, you're saying to, that it's going to go lower. So you were you were dumb two weeks ago, but now you're smart today. Same thing with the modelers right. on coronavirus. Yeah. They were dumb two weeks Here's ago. Here's what I think is going to happen. Oops, that didn't happen. Now I think this is going to happen. Listen to me. And we're doing that? That's uh, By the way, we all do that with our investments. Yeah. These models, Brad, on on the coronavirus are so similar to everything everyone does every day with their investments. They start listening to the they's. Well, they say the market's going lower. Well, they say this and they say that. Are we saying the market's going lower? No. Are we saying the market's going higher? No. I'm saying no one knows. Yeah. I know it's going to do longer term over time. And, And these modelers for the coronavirus are having governors listen to them and they're causing them to shut down the, the, their entire states. So just to close this out for this segment here, Brad, Charlie Bellow goes on to say, the best predictor of general health outcomes has always been, and lifespan, has always been economic prosperity. Okay? If you choose to push the world into a depression, then you better have a really good reason for it. It better be akin to the plague that wipes out half the population because a depression will certainly most, most certainly lead to a plague of a different kind. Okay, and so looking at what some of these other countries are doing, we mentioned Japan, we mentioned South Korea. They're not shutting down their population. Iceland, Japan uh, did much smaller. Nothing. Japan did nothing. Right, right. And so when we look at the fact that three hundred and fifty thousand babies in the world will be born today, do you want to bring them into a world where we forcibly brought them into a world in a Great Depression? Yes, people die. It's tragic. Okay, but we're listening to models that are not panning out and are not coming true. And we'll see in a couple months if they're right. That's then they were right. But it's it's very hard to see in California, for example, when they have 3000 cases in the last two weeks getting to 50 million, like Gavin Newsom said. Well, we're talking about running out of hospital space and ICU beds. If they didn't run out in New York. And it's going the other way now. They didn't run out. Which, by the way. And it's getting better. Do, do stock investors get to, to put together a class action lawsuit against these modelers when yeah. it's all said and done, Brad? That'd be the other question as well. You're listening to Money Sense. Brad and Kevin Kirsten. We're going to continue after the break. Fly me to the moon. Let and welcome back to the show. You're listening to the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. Kevin Kirsten and Brad Kirsten. If you need a plan. You need to give us a call, okay? You need to have a plan in place. You need to have a fixed set of rules for your investments on what you're going to do so you can be successful for the long term. Uh, the famous Mike Tyson, Brad, talked about plans, and it, and it always applies. And that is everyone has a plan, a plan until they get punched in the face. And the market has punched everyone in the face. And are you sticking to your rules? Yeah, I think that's the, the, the biggest point. A lot of people have plans, and they're not prepared for what – 20 and 30 percent downturns feel like feel like so they think somehow this time it's different every time we have had something this severe and it hasn't been that many we've had three in the last 33 years that have been uh this severe of a downturn 
it has to take something unforeseen well, and everyone, to have it happen. And everyone thinks that this is normal. And this is the type of thing. But I want to get to the emotions of this because here we are, S&P 500 down over 18% on the year uh, after a huge rally in the last week. Uh, had its best week uh, in, in many, many years, over, over 80 years. If you look at uh, the breakdown, there's really been no hiding places. So I don't really want to get into that. But what I want to get into is the mentality and the psychology of this, because this is where people make big mistakes. And this goes back to our previous segment, Brad, of talking about um, people using these models and scaring everyone. And if the models are wrong, what do they get? To, they get to sue somebody. So Jim Stewart of the New York Times had a piece talking about his whole life of investing. And he talked about how after 1987, he bailed out when he was a young investor. He panicked. OK. And then, of course, the market 18 months later got all the way back to the highs. And he said, I'll never do that again. Then he went through the tech bubble, okay, and he said, I'm not, I, I screwed up. I sold in 1987. Yep. If it happens again, I'm never going to do that again, and he rode through that. But then after that, he said in the article in the New York Times, he said, you know, I'm going to set some rules, which is what we're talking about. If, I, if, if the market goes down 10, I'll buy a little bit. If it goes down 20, I'll buy a little bit, and I know that over time – it almost never drops more than 40 or 50. That'll be the point where I have all my money in. And he, and he said in the article, I'm never going to sell on a down day, and I'm never going to buy on an up day. I'm going to make sure I buy on one of those down days and take advantage of it. And he goes on to say that this virus has has even scared him from those rules he set in place over 30 years ago. Because you forget what it would feel like in the moment. You forget what it would feel like. That fear sets in. Well, if I'm going to buy... I'm going to have to log into my account and see what it's worth before I buy, and yeah. that will scare me even more. Yeah. And he goes on to say he didn't want to log into his account to buy the S&P. Because he didn't want to look at it. Because he didn't <laughs> want to see what everything was worth. Yeah. Okay? And he said you know, in the, in the coming weeks he did stick to his, his guns, and he believes that that work over time. But at the end of the article, he talks about how afterward he, he talked to one of his friends who's a, a behavioral psychologist in the market. And there's just some quotes here I want to talk about. Okay? My – my, reluct- my reluctance to look at my portfolio was common. Watching yourself have less money is painful. It's not just that you're poor. You feel ashamed. You feel foolish. You feel like you screwed up. One of the toughest things is to separate your money from your identity and your ego. Okay? The behavioral psychologist goes on to credit him for gathering the courage to finally buy. Nothing relieves anxiety more than taking action. But sometimes people take the wrong action and sell. You can make small actions that address the emotional need to do something without putting your finances at risk. Stocks are one of the few assets, let's focus on this, that become harder to buy as they become cheaper. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else in your life that is harder to buy when it's cheaper. A house? Did you ever say to yourself when you got a good deal on a house, if it was 250000 and then you got it for two twenty? did you ever say to yourself, Oh my gosh, but what if I buy it for 220 and then it's worth 180? No. Nobody ever no. says that, okay? And so it's the only it's the only asset that becomes diff- more difficult to buy. Every decision to buy is met with negative reinforcement. Even even this particular behavioral psychologist said he missed the opportunity in March of 2009. He was too scared, okay? Well, part of that is exacerbated by the news cycle during those periods. Right. They're not flashing the all buy signal. It's quite the opposite. Okay, and this and we'll get into that in a second too, Brad. He said at least I didn't commit what he considers to be the most serious error, which is to sell into a steep decline. That's where people really get hurt. That's what we're, you and I are talking about. Once you're out, the emotional leverage works against you. Either the market drops further, which confirms your fear, 
So you'll never buy back in or it goes up and you don't want to buy after you've just sold. Then it gets further and further away from you on the upside. People don't realize how hard it is to get back in. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've said to many, many people over the last few weeks, Brad, you think it's scary when the market's going down? Try being out when it's going up. And 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 that's what people all you got to time it. I'll just wait for the news to be good. I'll just wait for the news to be good. Talk a little bit about that. Well, the news has not been good over the last couple days. And we had a three day rally in the Dow of over 20 percent. The news didn't change. We just we, we grew immune to the bad news. It didn't get worse. It was just continually bad. And, and I, and I heard somebody this- say it's not the news. It's the ability of the news to shock you. Okay, take the unemployment number, 3 million. Mm-hmm. If that had happened a month ago, we'd have been like, that's got to be We would a, have been shocked. That's got to be a typo. But we knew it was coming. I told you, Rick Santelli on CNBC, after it came out, and he said, ooh, it's a bad one, 3.2 million or whatever as, as the weekly number. And they said, your comments on that, uh, Rick? And he said, well, if the doctor... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply tells you're going to have triplets don't be surprised if you come home with three babies we knew the number was going to be bad yep so it didn't shock us and and then we have a 1300 point dow up day when we have a a a morning report before the bell of the biggest weekly unemployment claims ever and we're probably going to have two more i think we'll have two more and then this this stimulus bill that we're going to spend some time on in the next segment will be out and employers will know that Part of their payroll is going to get covered or all of their payroll is going to get covered for an eight-week period. And if these governors start to give dates, if Trump starts to give dates, then even things like restaurants will know how to plan for opening back up. It's all the market needs to see. And if that happens, then you you then the unemployment claims are a light switch. It's all on and then it's all off. Can I read you one of the headlines? March of 2009 – the S&P 500 and the Dow, the S&P 500 closed at 676. The Dow closed at like 6,700 or something like that. 6,000. Mm-hmm. Even after the sell-off today, we're at 20,000 in terms of high to low. 20- talking about the morning of Friday what? sell-off. Right, yeah. right. 21.7. Here is, here is one of the opinion pieces in the Wall Street Journal in March of 2009. Dow 5,000. There's a pretty good case for it. 
okay? Despite the small gain today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average marked its fourth consecutive week of losses as it tumbled through the 7,000 point. Earnings estimates have ratcheted down. Hopes for a quick fix have faded. The once inconceivable notion of the Dow returning to 5,000 is much less far-fetched. Now, in case somebody was joining you in the middle of that, yes. you're reading it from 2009. 2009. So okay. the day to buy was the day that the news was bleakest, and that's what we saw. By the on. way, this guy's still around. Goldman Sachs' David Costin, mm-hmm. who's still predicting stuff incorrectly, says the bear case puts the uh, S&P 500 at 400. Mm. Okay? You're waiting around for that? It never happened. Right. Okay? Looking at valuations, the market is still expensive. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Current current earnings estimate for the S&P is $64 a share. We think it will be 40. By the way, the earnings of the S&P today, even after the drop about 150. Yeah. It was estimated to be in the 180s before this. The market does not turn around when the news is good. If you wait for all the coronavirus cases to be gone and the economy to be up and running and for the unemployment to be back to where it was, you're going to wait 2 years because Everyone will be skeptical off this bottom, just like they were in 2008 and nine. Unemployment kept going the wrong way until six months after the bottom. And so the market was way up. And finally, unemployment started to go the other way. This one's going to be different with, with employment. Because of the bill that they put out, the unemployment claims will definitely have an endpoint. And it will go the other way and we'll start to have rehiring happen because of the bill. They definitely put in place incentives for employers to hire back in order to get loans forgiven for small businesses or for big businesses to even get the money, they have to hire back and have either hire back or keep the same workforce. So let's take our next pause here, and when we come back, spend a little bit of time on uh, on the bill that's that's set to pass the House here midday on Friday. You're listening to Money Sense, the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the show. You're listening to the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. Kevin Kirsten and Brad Kirsten. If you have any questions on your own portfolio throughout the week, you want to get an analysis, give us a call. We'll put a plan together for you, 419 Brad, before you get into the stimulus bill, really quick, um, many people say, well, you know, the, the, the good investors, the best investors, they're, you know, they get out, and then they get back in, and like, then they, they get out. Like Warren Buffett? Like Warren Buffett. Is that what he does? You know what? Every single time you mention Warren Buffett, everyone nods their heads. Oh, yeah. Warren Buffett is, was famous of saying, my favorite time horizon is forever. Yeah. Okay. And you look at his portfolio, nobody out there would say, I'm smarter than Warren Buffett, correct? Would anybody out there say, from an investing standpoint, that they're smarter than Warren Buffett? That's pretty a universal thing, that they would say yes. And he didn't And if you look at his portfolio, made up of Coca-Cola and Geico. Not a recommendation to buy or sell any of these names. However, let's list off some of these names. Yeah, do you have it there? Yes. Okay. So. Apple's is number one holding right now, actually. Okay. Okay. Bank of America, Coca-Cola, American Express, Wells Fargo, not a recommendation to buy or sell, Kraft Heinz, J.P. Morgan, U.S. Bank Court, uh, Southwest Airlines. Get three airlines in there. Delta Airlines, uh, Goldman Sachs, Visa, General Motors, Costco, MasterCard. He is down 36.6%. High to low? No, currently. Oh, on the year? Yes. Oh. Okay. Um, the average stock in his portfolio is off. A little over 37%. I'm sure. He also has Occidental Petroleum, which has been uh, really hit really hard. Amazon and some other things. But here's the point. I'm sure listeners have said to themselves, I should have just had Berkshire Hathaway. I would have held up. I would have done fine. Listen, if you think that you're smarter than Warren Buffett, then, then by all means. But- just closing this discussion out, I have a chart in my office that has the 90-year return of the S&P 5, the Dow, 
It's 10% a year since whatever that is, 19 whatever, okay? People say, oh, God, I'd love that. That chart assumes that you bought and you never sold. Mm -hmm. That chart has no sales in it. That is $1, which grew to whatever. It assumes you never sold. Yeah. Okay? And I just want to close with this, Brad. I thought this was really interesting. I sent this to you and and, uh, our dad here earlier this week. And they talk about, yeah, but these big... These big crashes happen all the time. In the 63 years from 1937 to the year 2000, the stock market dropped more than 35% exactly twice. 73, 74, and in 1987. Twice. In 63 years. The average annual return of the S&P was double digits per year in that time, and it happened twice. When we hit our bottom, the average annual return of the S&P 500 was 1.8 from the year 2000 to the bottom earlier this week. 1.8 per year. Okay, and the 35 percent corrections had happened three times in that 20 year period, as opposed to two times in the previous 63. Okay, people are talking about the Great Depression, all those things. I would argue if you look at the performance of the market in the last 20 years, we've already had it. Right. It's it's the same as that period of time. You look at the 30 years now versus the 30 years surrounding the Great Depression. The 20 years, very similar. The 20 years, the 20 years from 1929 to 1949 was was flat. The market went nowhere. Okay. So when you're looking at, at what has happened, it is extremely unusual. And you look what's happened this week with the big rally. Okay. We got to go back to those missing the 10 best days. And you see how dramatic that is. And I'll maybe close out the show with that. If you miss a couple of those days, you're basically not going to get much better performance than CDs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, if you're going to be the type of person that bails out, you might as well that, be in CDs. You might as well be in yeah. CDs because guess what? You'll get the same return as CDs, but you'll have no risk. Yeah. So knock yourself out. Yeah. But if you do what's smart, if you do what Warren Buffett does, if you do what's on the chart in my office, Brad, you'll get that return. Yeah. But only if you don't invest based on fear. Let's shift gears and talk about the bill here that's going to be coming out over two trillion. And I, I want to talk about a few things that are in it, but then I want to spend the most amount of time on what I think will impact the economy the most. So everyone's getting a check unless you make over 100000 or 99000 or 198 married filing jointly. Right. You're not getting a check. So I got uh, Q&A here to frequently asked questions uh, from the uh, New York Times, Brad. So most adults are going to get $1,200 uh, married filing jointly. Uh, children under the age of 16, also $500 per kid. Yeah, without a cap on the number of children, I don't think, right? Right. I, I think it's all it's all children right. if they're living at home or under 16. So if you make over 100 individually or 200,000 married filing jointly, you don't get any of it. Um, the uh, the, the other child one, the child one also has the income limit. I, it does. Okay. It does. Okay. So a um, couple other things that are that are uh, uh, being introduced that we'll talk throughout the year on uh, required distributions have been pushed off. Uh, you don't have to do them in year 2020. Uh, you don't have to make them up in 2021. They're just you don't have a requirement. That's that's happened before. We've had what's that the in, required distribution just for the listeners? Yeah. That don't so know. once you're over 70 and a half, or this year 72 now, um, you you have this calculation you have to do. If you're if you were 70 and a half, that calculation ended up being about 3.6 percent of your IRA had to come out as a required distribution, and you had to pay tax on it. If you were, if you didn't need to spend that money, you can cut that off for a year, start it next year. Um, the uh, the other things that are uh, that already passed. Uh, July fifteenth uh, is now the deadline for 
uh, not just filing, but having to owe anything for your taxes. Even the estimates have been pushed off. And even in Ohio and in uh, the local markets, those deadlines are being pushed off as well. Both the filing deadlines and anything you would owe. Anything you would owe as well. So uh, all that is a a relief to to a lot of taxpayers who might owe. Uh, And then you're also seeing throughout the industry uh, banks allowing people to push off any payments that they would have to make, most of them for a 90-day period. And then it's uh, after that 90-day period, most of the banks are just saying, we'll see. We'll do it on a case-by-case basis. So if you are struggling, you can you can push this stuff off. I think the most Im- – A couple different things, though, Brad. Students don't get anything. If your yeah. parents are claiming you on their tax return, uh, if you're a college student, you don't get anything unless you yeah. have your own tax return. Right. Um, student if, loan payments. If that- recently your income went down, unfortunately, yeah. if you were above and you unfortunately lost your job, yeah, and you were above last year because they're using the 2019. Yeah, you don't get anything. You don't get the check. Yeah, um, unemployment has gone way up. Uh, so this is just for a temporary period, but roughly nine hundred dollars uh, per week is what unemployment's going to be. Is that for a ninety day period on that? Uh, and then it goes back down. Uh, it was a set period of time, um, but unemployment uh, uh, up to the equivalent of twenty three dollars an hour. So this was a little bit of the argument back and forth in the Senate, which is uh, you could have people making fourteen fifteen dollars an hour. Uh, um, maybe get relieved from their job, and they're not going to want to come back even if the employer wants them back because they're going to make more on unemployment. We're incentivizing them to stay on unemployment until that at least uh, goes away, and that'll make it hard for for employers to hire back even if they want to. Right. Back a little bit before the unemployment, one more thing, because this is a lot of our listeners, Brad. If you're retired and receiving Social Security, you also get a stimulus check. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it doesn't it, exclude it, you. It, the income is the only exclusion for those checks. Is it taxable? It is not taxable. Of course not. It would be double taxation. You've already paid tax on this money. Yeah. By the way, they're giving you your tax money. They're back. giving you your own money back. This right. is not some. We should not all get on our knees and thank the the uh, the congressman and the Senate and the House of Representatives for. Oh, thank you so much for giving us our own money back. Yeah. It's yeah. it's your own money. So, um, going back to the unemployment benefits, Brad. Yes, depending on your state, the average worker uh, is getting an extra six hundred a week, mm-hmm. uh, according uh, the maximum weekly benefit. Um, is normally four hundred fifteen dollars. Four hundred fifty dollars in a state like California is going up six hundred dollars a week. So um, you're you're eligible for quite a bit more money on unemployment right now to try to bridge this gap uh, of time until. I can't believe I'm even saying this. The economy starts back up. Which, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the the, the, the reason I think even on the big business, big business or small business, the government has to do this. Otherwise, it, I don't even know that it's constitutional because. You're forcing businesses to close. And so everyone talking about the strings they're going to put on airlines or any of these industries that are getting some of these what they're calling handouts, uh, I think the strings are are unwarranted. This is not the financial crisis. This is you told me I had to close. Now you're going to come back and tell me I'm allowed to open and you're going to give me a bridge loan for it. But the only thing I have to do for the bridge loan is for you to take a percentage of my company. You're going to take from me because you made me close down. It, it, It doesn't. It, it, it isn't it, it, I would have never thought we'd be in this situation. And yet everyone is crying foul that the airlines are getting free money. You made them close. <laughs> so if they had voluntarily they didn't, closed, they didn't do it. They didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. It's, it, you, there should be no punitive uh, action. And that's taken. what's happening. Yeah. So, Brad, on the unemployment, you get a big difference between the stimulus check and the unemployment. Everybody's getting the stimulus check for the most part. If you make under the income limits, 
the unemployment is you have to have lost your job. Yeah. Okay, if, if if you were just if you're still making your income, but they just told you to work from home, yeah. you don't you don't get right. the extra unemployment. It's an extra twenty six weeks, by the way, um, and then you get still get benefits thirty nine weeks if you need it, but the extra money uh, goes through July thirty first. Yeah. Uh, so um, so we're looking at total unemployment going beyond that now. So um, we'll see. I mean, we definitely it, it'll don't... be on the president's desk by I, I would think. This weekend and and by Monday it'll be official and they're going to have uh, I would think very soon I think end of next week um, maybe even uh, just pushing it off to early the following week but these checks will be in people's hands same goes with the small business plan you, you're going to be able to move very quickly on the small business plan so I want to spend some time on that the Were there any loan, other details well the student loan thing didn't get in there ten thousand dollar forgiveness is what Pelosi they kept wanted. pushing for yeah. the only thing with student loans is pushing off payments uh, two months for two months no interest in that period no penalty yes. during that period so you're just pushing it off for that period of time there's a couple other aspects I read the whole bill it's 880 pages long but uh uh, they, there's a bunch of other student student things. If you were uh, work study, you're still going to get paid. Uh, a, a bunch of other things, so you're not penalized for what the government is forcing, which is colleges to close down, uh, schools to close down. Um, so they, they have made up for a lot of what the government forced on us. Uh, the government also put in a small $300. If you don't itemize on your charitable, if you want to give to charity, you can give up to $300 without itemizing. Okay. Uh, so that was something that they also put in there. So when you're going to uh, the big boost to sort of get the engine of the economy revved up, yeah. it's it's what they're doing for small businesses. Yeah, because small businesses, unlike uh, big businesses, where a little bit of bad PR to just go and fire everybody. So a lot of them have held on knowing that they're going to get something out of the government. But if you're a small business, you don't have as – What's also difficult, you fire somebody, then you're going to have to rehire them a month yeah. or two later. Yeah. That's, there's an expense there. Yeah. There's time involved. Yep. You don't want to do that. And so the small business doesn't work that way. Okay, if you tell a restaurant they have to close and you don't give them an end date, they can't just keep paying people. They have to just fire everyone. And you've, you've not told me anything, whether it's in the state or the federal government, when can I open? If Even if you did that, we could have told people, okay, you're gone for two weeks and then come back. You're gone for a month and then come back. We haven't told anyone anything. So the reason that the small business bill is good is – you, you're talking about loan with full loan forgiveness if these employers get fully employed again by a set period of time. So let's take our last pause here, and I will spend the rest of the, sh- of the show talking about this. If you're a small business owner or if you even know one, stick with us through break. We're going to talk about what we know about the small business plan, and we'll know a lot more in a week, so we'll, we'll spend time on it in next week's show too. But we're going to talk about what we know when we come back. Oh, and welcome back. You're listening to Advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. Brad and Kevin here with you this morning talking about the stimulus bill and how it's going to affect small businesses. So d- defined in the bill, and you can find this bill out there. It's, it's out there. I think over the weekend it'll it'll be a little bit easier to read. The, the one that's out there now, it's uh, it's it, even, even just the way the PDF looks, it's really hard to get through and read. Um, and there's just so much definitions of everything in there so it's spent it, we, we i spent a lot of time on thursday even looking how they're defining some of these things so we'll try to share that with you today we'll have a lot more next week small business in, in, definition here under 500 employees the maximum amount of this loan that could be uh could be received is 10 million dollars now they're calling it a loan you can get this as a loan and after the period of time june 30th you can you can keep this loan and get interest charged to it and have payments i want to spend time on the part of this that is not really a loan. They're going to call it a loan, but it has full loan forgiveness. So it becomes a grant. It becomes a gift. It is free money. Okay, So small businesses should access it for what they can. It covers uh, 
payroll, and we're going to spend some time talking about. So a grant would not be taxable either, correct? And I, uh, there's nothing about taxation in here. Okay. So it, 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 to me, it does not look like you're going to get a 1099 for it. I don't think any of this is uh, is taxable. There's no mention of that. I didn't see it anywhere in here. So the period of time is your business has to have been in place by uh, February 15th. A lot of the things are going to base the estimates on what you can take as this quote, air quote loan is based on the period of time for the first two months of the year or up to to February 15th. The covered part of the loan is eight weeks. Okay, so you're eight weeks for for all of your expenses for payroll. And that's broad. Uh and why I say it's broad, it includes sick pay and vacation pay and the prorated portion of that. Uh, it, it includes everything uh, everything that could be a utility is listed as, as, a, as a covered expense for that eight-week period. Um, your rent or mortgage. So if you rent a, a, your office space or if you own your office space, the prorated portion of that or the part that's covered under that eight-week of your term is also can be part of the loan. When you get to the end of the loan period, and I'm just kind of summarizing this here. And the end of that loan period is either June June 30th or if you take out the loan later than June 30th and the eight-week period that, that that's covered, you close out that loan with full loan forgiveness if you have the same or more employees at the end of the term. And so it's going to be run through the banks. The banks are going to be get the, getting the funding for it through the Small Business Administration. The banks will get the full loan forgiveness paid to them through the Small Business Administration, including, I think, some interest and fees that they're allowed to get from the Small Business Administration. But – there are so many aspects of this that you can add to this loan and get full loan forgiveness. That's what I'm a little unsure of because there, there is not as much clarity on a few of the items. It appears that businesses can get their uh, unemployment uh, tax covered under this. Um, there's, a, there's a bunch of, of prorated portions of this that can be included. The, the one stipulation on the, on the income is it's only income up to 100000 So that two-week period would cover, if somebody was making more than 100000 $16,666.67. That portion of it added to this. The banks are going to have a calculator. We, uh, Mnuchin's already hinted that he's gonna, they're, they're either going to create a website or they're going to give guidance to the banks on helping businesses get through the maximum amount that they can get that could be loan forgivable. When you get to the end of the term, if you have more than that, you can't go back and up the amount that you were able to get. So if you want to make sure you maximize it, I think you're going to get to the end of this calculator. You're going to want to up it a little bit. All you'll have to do is pay back the amount they gave you at the end of the term that isn't forgivable. And you're going to have to just produce your receipts for both payroll, all your utilities, your rent, your mortgage. And that's all the banks are going to need to f- fully well, forgive the loan. I encourage all these small businesses, if you really want to help your people, take advantage of this as opposed to being out there just – blanketly firing everyone do a little legwork here on this stimulus package and then that way you could be the first business up and running when things are going and you'll be raring to go and you could you know get a little market share as so well the reason this is brilliant is because is if it's going to cover an eight-week period then businesses like restaurants can get up and running with this ch- stimulus check that comes all in at once and then if you're up and running and you hire everybody in this eight-week period you close out the loan with full loan forgiveness you don't have to pay anything back no interest no amount of the loan, no principal. It all gets covered because you got up and running. So that incentivizes the workforce to get fully up and running in an eight-week period. So you're going to do this through your bank, okay? Yes. And banks will, are going to facilitate this through the Fed. 
and 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 be able to get the money and uh then then you're going to have to you know obviously provide the the information to back up that you have the payroll you got to provide the information on your rent or lease agreement and all your utilities your electric gas water uh transportation, telephone, internet access, all that you just have to produce a receipt for and they'll be closing out that loan or you need to have it ready so that you can you can better estimate the full amount that you want to take as so the loan. So small businesses can take the loan from the bank, okay? Not pay any interest or anything for 60 days, 90 days. You, I, well, it's a it's an eight-week period on the loan. I think you can keep it all the way. Even if you took it early, I think you, you can clear it out um, at June 30th or or I think it's up to 15 And if you took out a $100,000 loan to keep mm-hmm. your business going and yep. you only had $98,000 of receipts, you just have to pay the bank back the 2000 that didn't match up with your expenses. And the other 98 you get to keep. It's free. Yes. So this is why small businesses will rehire. Everyone is skeptical they'll rehire. This is out there well, to the wor- get them to rehire. The word needs to get out on this yeah. too, Brad. So, uh, and and we're going to keep talking about it as we get more details into encourage small businesses to 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 keep things going and to make sure that we can get this economy moving quickly when businesses are able to start opening back up. I'm going to close out the show, Brad, with one thing here: talking about the missing the best days. The best days in the market almost always come after the worst days. Sometimes when you're in this type of market volatility, we always say you can do one or two things: you can step to the side. And let all the craziness happen and just not do anything, and that's that's fine. Or you can buy more. But if well, you you're gonna step to the side, you say stay in the market. Just don't don't, don't touch step anything. out of the market. Just don't just, touch anything. Just let the let the chaos happen yep. and you're not even gonna right. pay any attention to it. And the S P five hundred in the last thirty years, okay, according to fact set, six point seven three percent annualized return. If you missed the ten best days, you were down to four. If you missed the twenty best days, you were down to two and a half. And this is why I said earlier, if you're going to try to time this thing and jump in and out, which does not work, okay, you might as well just buy a CD because if you miss the 20 best days or even the 30 best days, you miss the 30 best days, your return is zero in the market in the last 30 years, just 30 days. There's 200 trading days per year. There's 600 trading days, uh, excuse me, 6,000 trading days in that 30-year time period. You're talking about missing 30 of them. You had zero return. So if you're going to try to jump in and out because you're fearful, you might as well just stay out and never come back because that's not the right strategy. And we're going to continue to guide people on the way so they make the smart decisions and the decisions without emotion. And people can give us a call throughout the week to set up a meeting. Kirsten Wealth Management Group, 419-872-0067. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Money Sense, brought to you each week by Kirsten Wealth Management Group. To contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin professionally, call 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com, and their website is kirstenwealth.com. Opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.